Twas the night before fantasy Christmas, and all through the library, all the archivists were dreaming of holiday bribery. Linda's cookies were snuggled in stockings with care, in hopes that her teammates would soon be there. Zen the warrior princess was snug in her bed, with visions of sick-ass weapons dancing in her head. And Rill in their nest, with Dumpling as their cap, was all settled in for a long fantasy Christmas nap. But from the eldritch depths, there crawled out a strange gleam that came into the library and gave Rill a dream. The strangest dream yet, like their brain was degaussed. A dream about fighting with rocks against a mouse? Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Um, hey everyone, welcome to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast where we play interdimensional archivists who try to save the world and uh, uh, kill rats or mouse. Meese? Mousen? Mousen, that's a new one. <laughs> um, my name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, I play Real de Drakel, the one who is having the fucked up dream at the moment. Um, and these are my co-hosts. Hi, my name is Yuva, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda, the adorable human office lady, who at the moment is uh, all snug up in her matching Christmas gym jams, dreaming of uh, the next morning, um, or maybe about to go on a weird dream adventure, who knows? And I am Dorka, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, who I think is definitely a sleep fighter. You know, like a sleepwalker, oh, no. <laughs> she's like punching. Uh, I feel bad for whoever she's had to share beds or nests or whatever with. Yeah. Before we get into this very special episode, quick question for you guys. What is your favorite type of rodent-esque animal? It doesn't have to be officially classified as a rodent, but just something maybe that's like rat-shaped. Um, <laughs> I- I'm say, Ziva, you go first. Okay, um, so my favorite rodent type animal would be Dumbo rats. Um, I had a Dumbo rat in college. Her name was Louie, and she was extremely soft and very good. Uh, She loved chocolate, and she would lick her little hands after she (gasps) ate it, and she loved to, like, snuggle on your shoulder. so so. cute. Why are they called Um, Dumbo rats? (laughs) I have no idea. It's, like, the meanest possible name for them. Because... But they're very soft. Because they were stolen from their mothers and then placed in a circus. Um. No. <laughs> uh, what about you, Dorka? Um, all right. This is probably very on brand for me and Zen. My favorite rodent is the capybara, which is <laughs> the largest rodent there is. They are just like huge guinea pigs, basically. I and- love them. And they're basically just like every animal's moms, I think. Yeah, like, yeah. You- yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my favorite rodent type animal, uh, I am torn between either the chinchilla, which uh, they're super soft and they live in the mountains and they're dope. Please don't make coats out of them. Uh, or the grasshopper mouse, which is like the quote unquote werewolf mouths, where they will like attack centipedes and stuff. And they're just like super quick and agile and it will just like dodge around. And then the reason they're called, you know, werewolf m- meeson uh, is because they will like 
quote-unquote howl at the moon like they'll go like after they like kill something (laughs) yeah and they're like i don't know if they're immune or just resistant to like centipede poison so it's like a centipede will like try to like stab it and then it'll be like nah, uh uh-uh not today i want one of those three wolf moon t-shirts but with um (laughs) this grasshopper mouse instead of instead of yeah that that would be amazing. Uh, that that could also be like tea merch, and it's just like completely unrelated to anything we do. It's just we also happen to sell this like three three mouse. rat moon, yeah, three rat rat moon shirt. Um, well, the moon is technically a rock, so I think we can probably. Oh go my away god, with that. you're right. Brain, big brain. Uh, <laughs> so let's let's get right into it. Uh, so as I mentioned, this is a very special episode because. If long-time listeners remember, we we made a joke about a system called Rats and Rocks, which would basically be, like, very mundane uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And then uh, Ziva was super hyped about, like, actually turning this into a thing, and then we all kind of collaborated and made this weird, like, D&D-inspired hack, but not really, because the rules are a little bit different. Um and basically, it's just intended to be kind of uh, eventually a modular, uh, GM-less, easy to get into, like tabletop system, uh, roguelike thing. It's hard to explain. So to kind of get you all uh, acclimated to the theme and and tone of this world, I'm gonna uh, read you the intro to like the uh, quote-unquote module that I sort of wrote for this episode, uh, which I have called Rat World Dungeon. Uh, So the party is beamed into an oppressive, dimly lit hallway. Your feet sink into the thick, soft carpet, and when you look down, you're greeted by an obnoxious, repeating, swirly pattern. Behind you is only more of the same, a length of hallway that ends with a closed steel door that's painted bright blue and adorned with gold trimmings. On it is painted the words, have fun, and right below it the words, no exit. When you move forward, your feet squish against the fluffy carpeting, leaving momentary footprints. Around you, the dull thrumming of joyous band music permeates through the ceiling from the above-ground ceiling. At the end of the hallway is a lanky young man dressed in an oversized striped blue polo, white khakis, a frilled apron, and big blue mouse ears as a headband. On his apron is a name tag that reads, parentheses, rat, and parentheses, Daniel, smiley face. He's leaning on a podium and boredly tapping away at his smartphone with a clawed thumb. When he seems to notice your present, he sighs and straightens up to greet you. Mouse to meet you, I'm Daniel, and thank you for joining us today to clear the passages of vermin and fill them with enough fun for the whole family. Here are the waivers that you need to sign, basically detailing that Rat Rock Incorporated is not held liable for any harm, temporary or permanent, that is inflicted upon you, including death. We are not responsible for any possessions of any kind that are lost within the underground tunnels, including your physical form. You agree that if you die, we are not responsible for retrieving your body for proper burial, and that if your loved ones do wish for possession of your body, they may come clear the tunnels themselves after paying the proper ticket fee to enter the ride. Anything you find within the tunnels is yours to keep, though you may be subjected to fees 
and taxes when exceeding over a certain amount in value. Any questions? When you sign the forms and hand them back to Daniel, he walks out from behind the podium and then clips the velvet rope from the stanchion and gestures into the doorframe. Once you enter, you agree that you will not be able to exit the ride until the vermin lord within is defeated. Have fun and good luck. As you enter and the door closes behind you, you hear Daniel add quickly, Uh, right. If you die, your spirit is legal property of rat, rock, and... So, as I mentioned, the kind of point of rats and rocks is meant to be uh, straightforward. You fight your way through the caves, you defeat the end boss, and you live to see another uh, day. Or you don't. Yeah, or you don't, or you die, <laughs> which is very much uh, a part of this game, uh, inspired by like roguelike elements in, in video games and stuff like that. But we won't get into too much of that today, maybe, um, just because this is very much a rough draft uh, and is not completed. Uh, so there's a little, there's holes and stuff uh, here and there. To create a character, uh, it's just a lot of dice rolling, um, and and I kind of. Sh- um, streamlined the stats used in D&D or other more rules-heavy games. So there's four stats in Rats and Rocks. There's Spunk, which is your physical traits. That's what represents like your strength and your speed or, or endurance. Gumption, which represents your mental traits. Uh, Charm represents like your personality, your soul. Um, and then HP, which I have put as happy points uh, <laughs> or health points. So to find out your stat values, you roll... 2d4 for each stat and then you can either re-roll one of your stats or assign plus two to one of them and then for your hp you roll 3d6 and then you add whatever your spunk value ends up being the point of this is like in DD is that the numbers tend to be very big and i'm not a huge fan of that i just wanted to kind of you know make them smaller values to be easier to keep track of uh so who wants to roll first for their stats when you're rolling the, d- the the dice for each stat, are you assigning them in order, or is it like D&D where you get to roll all the dice and then choose what goes with what? What do you guys think? How do you want to do it for this uh, example, this exhibition game? Well, I remember <laughs> our, our original concept was very, very um, Dark Souls and unfair. Um, and that was what we were joking about, like, all the way back in chapter one was like, a sort of game where you do have to roll everything in order and you have to roll everything on random tables. So I kind of feel like in the spirit of that for this, at least we should uh, roll them in order. That sounds good. Let's go for it. Do you want to go first then, Dorka? Sure. Okay, my spunk is five. My gumption is three. My charm is four. And my happy points... I rolled an 11 plus my spunk, so that is 16. Honestly, that actually fits Zen as a character pretty well. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. The dice, uh, the dice know, I guess. <laughs> uh, Ziva, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. So my spunk is 6. My gumption is seven. Oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> I know. I'm actually. I'm rolling really great. This is. This is not going to bode well for the rest of the game. <laughs> and my charm is three. Okay. I have like nega Linda. Yeah. This does not make any <laughs> sense. Linda to me. walks in more buff than Zen. 
<laughs> I know that's that's uh, that's quite a thing to think about. Yeah, and it's like Rill's dream too. So it's like for whatever reason, Zen is just like shorter than Linda. Rill is just very impressed by Linda. <laughs> What'd you get for your happy points? Uh, I got seventeen, so I rolled eleven, and then plus my spunk is six. Okay. It'd be very funny if I just rolled, like, absolute garbage. But also on brand. (laughs) Yeah, especially since it is, like, once again, it's Rill's dream. It's, like, their self-reflection, I guess. But let's find out. All right, so I'm going to go roll. Spunk is a four. Gumption is a two. Oh, no. Charm is a seven. Damn. Hey. Yeah. Rill is a real smooth talker in their dreams. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, they're just, uh, people feel bad for them in their dreams. <laughs> okay, so 19 H- HP, 19 happy points. Damn. Will is so happy. That's not true either. <laughs> Live um, your dreams. All right. Um, now, the next part of character creation uh, is going to be the background. Ideally, in once this becomes like a quote-unquote completed product i'll have a table which people can roll off of uh as of right now there's only a few options on this or you can just create a background which is essentially made up of you pick a title you pick uh, a plus one to a stat you want to add to because of that background and then you have advantage on a very very specific skill so for instance, one of the backgrounds I have written is called Gig Worker. They get uh, plus one to Spunk, and then they get advantage on doing things in a timely manner. Um, so it's kind of like silly flavor text almost. Who knows if it'll be actually useful within the game, but that's kind of part of what I have envisioned for this game is that there is a lot of like random nuance that's very silly, but maybe we can implement it somehow in kind of these pre-written scenarios. So I guess let's just go down the line again. I got a four. Zen is a streamer. Oh my god. <laughs> Who, um... <laughs> So Zen is a streamer, so she gets plus one to her charm and advantage on getting people to give you small sums of currency. <laughs> Amazing. Zen streams her daily workouts. Oh my god, yeah, she's totally like a gym rat streamer. <laughs> yeah. So um, for mine, I'm actually going to do something um, different since I'm like weird nega Linda. Um, I'm coming up with just a background. Um, so I'm going with bodybuilder, <laughs> which is giving me a plus one to spunk and also advantage on lifting heavy things. Nice. Love it. Um, okay, for rail, I'm just going to roll off the table as well. Uh, Okay, I got seven, which is honestly fine. Seven is unemployed, uh, which is a a plus one to spunk. And they get advantage on surviving on the bare minimum. And the flavor text I wrote for this is either make it out of the tunnels or I get eaten by vermin. It's a win-win situation, gang. Which, uh, honestly, that very much does fit real. So, and then I forgot, which is really funny since I, I... you know, did write a bunch of these mechanics. Did you guys want to re-roll your stat, one stat, or did you want to add plus two to one of your stats? Oh. Forgot to do that at the end of the, the stat Oh, thing. yeah. I'm going to add plus two to my charm. I'm going to okay. add plus two to my spunk so that I'm bigger than Linda again. Actually, that just <laughs> makes me, I think, the same size as Linda. I'm a seven. Yeah, I'm now also a seven. Oh. Okay, so we're just both very strong. Yeah. Nice. Um, you know what? Just for fun, I want to re-roll my gumption. Um just because I feel like real is definitely more than a two in gumption. I got an eight. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, canonically, Rill is the uh, smartest of us. <laughs> yeah. Despite their best efforts. I know, right? <laughs> now, uh, kind of, as I mentioned, this is sort of inspired by uh, roguelites in the attempt to uh, make it difficult and random and challenging in kind of like a very bizarro way. Uh, so there are pre-made equipment tables. So once again, for this, we roll on a table and then we, that is what comprises of our equipment. So there's a few tables here. The first table is the form of your weapon. And then the second, uh, let's see, two, three, four, The those three tables are going to consist of what your quote unquote armor is. Um, and then there's also accessories and then uh, a type of magic, like an elemental type of magic, which also adds effects to your attacks. So I guess one more. Uh, Dorka, take the lead. Okay, so Zen's weapon is a sock filled with arcade coins, <laughs> which is a um, a ranged weapon and a reload weapon. So, oh, when receiving this item, roll 2d20. This is how many coins I have. You can throw money at people. I can. Yeah, so with this, with this weapon, you can either beat someone with the sock or you can use the coins as like ninja stars. Okay. And I assume I can also take coins out of the sock and um, yes, yes, yes. spend them. Okay. So I rolled a 17 plus an 18. 35. Yeah. 35 coins in my sock full of coins. Cool. So then I am going to roll for my weapon and Linda is going to have, oh my God, I hope she gets a gun. <laughs> oh my God. She's a bodybuilder with a gun. <laughs> she got a roller coaster safety restraint, which is a 1d4. I'm going to say it's an over the lap one because the idea of taking like one of those like U's that goes like over your shoulders and smacking people with it is too funny to work with. Okay. I'm not going to be able to handle it. Amazing. All right. Uh, and then just for the audience, um, eventually I will probably release a PDF. If people want the draft, I can also release that. That's fine. Uh, but I, we're rolling a 1d12 because that's how many options I put on the weapon form table. So let's go. I got a two, which is uh, a rope of licorice. Licorice? Liquor, licorice? Licorice. <laughs> how do you? I, I've licorice? never heard anyone say it any way other than licorice. <laughs> I don't. I Until am- you just now. <laughs> Uh, to the audience, I'm very tired. I woke up early and I'm running on a lot of caffeine. So for licorice, it is a 1d4 of damage and I can also pull enemies uh, towards me. It also has food, which has its own mechanic, uh, which we can go into later. Uh, and then so now the next table is the three armor tables. Go ahead, Dorka. All right, let's find out what Zen is wearing. For her under armor, Zen is wearing a swimming top slash a bra, which is no armor, but is a plus one to checks involving making someone horny. It says, but only only if if you you want, want. though. (laughs) (laughs) Having less clothes on is not inherently sexual. Um, For her outerwear, Zen is wearing a flannel shirt. So I guess like she unbuttons the flannel shirt to use the benefit of her underwear. And (laughs) for her pants, uh, cargo pants. Oh my god. That's like such a zen outfit too, I feel like. I don't know, maybe that's just me. (laughs) So for Linda's outfit, she's going to wear also a swimming top or bra. This is a Christmas episode, not not a beach episode, you guys. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, maybe it's a bra with like little trees on it. (laughs) Christmas Um, Linda, yeah, Linda strikes me as a matching outfit kind of person. 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on one sec. I forgot. For my cargo pants, I roll 1d4 to see how many candy bars I have okay. in, my can- in my cargo <laughs> pants. So I have four candy bars now. Oh, my God. You got a D. You're, oh, jeez. <laughs> you're made of money and also candy bars. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. You can go back to Linda now. That was that was worth interrupting for, both because it's in the rules, but also because it's amazing. You just stuck your hand in and you're like, hey, I found a bunch of Reese's <laughs> or whatever. For Linda's outerwear, she's wearing a winter jacket, so that's a little more Christmassy. For her pants, she's wearing full-length pants of some sort. And for her accessories, she has pins! Yay! Oh, oh I didn't do accessories. <laughs> I'm a... I'm a yeah, oh, do accessories. That, yes. Glow sticks. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's kind of cool. Amazing. What kind of pants I mean, are you wearing, Linda? Let's go ahead and say that Linda's wearing a longer winter coat, so she's wearing Christmassy, like, tights. Nice. Don't add us. Tights count as pants in this house. (laughs) They do when you're wearing a long winter coat that covers your butt, and you're playing Rats and Rocks. (laughs) All right, now it is time for Rill. Uh, So basically for armor in this game, instead of kind of an armor class where you have to beat an armor class role, um, the armor is actually going to negate damage which i think i got that from lancer because we tried that and i, I like some of the mechanics they have in there um compared to D so okay so let's see the first piece of armor is a 1d4 and they got a souvenir t-shirt which is very fitting it is an oversized uh souvenir t-shirt with like a big mouse face on it um and then the outerwear is a 1d6 i also got a flannel shirt and then let's see pants I got <laughs> swimming trunks slash shorts, um, and then accessories. <laughs> like I, I also got pins. So let me write this down really quick. Hey, I'll trade you some pins. Aw, thank you. We can. Oh my gosh, we can pin trade. Yay, pin trading! <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> now we have uh, a spells. So spells do have a more specific mechanic, which is the number of spells you can cast per rest. Uh, which is similar to D&D, uh, is determined by your charm stat. However, you can roll any applicable stat for attacking or using a spell. So let me roll, see what kind of magic I have. I rolled a five, so I can do poison magic. Ooh, very cool. I'm going to say that comes in the form of me biting people. Okay, sounds good. And, oh, I guess I should read that effect. Poison does a flat one damage per start of the round until the affected receives an antidote. After every two rounds completed, they take additional damage on the following round. This stacks continuously. Now that I think about it, that's a little OP, knowing what I have and have not implemented, aka antidotes. But uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> well, now I know how to game the game. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is alpha. I promise I will balance this uh, at a later date. <laughs> Linda got a two, so she can do water damage, uh, which is 1d4. The user may choose to freeze the water or leave it as elected. The affected area is slippery, and any targets moving on the affected area must make a save. Upon falling, they slip and lose their nest a- next action. So that's why Linda's all bundled up in the winter coat over just her bra. <laughs> <laughs> because she's prepared for either icy floors or puddles. Yeah. <laughs> all right, my turn. Okay, I got a three, so I got earth. Uh, the user may split the four floor targets are affected by the discrepancy of their fails when compared to the attack rolls. Um, I won't read all that. Basically, there's mixed uh, successes or fails. And depending on how badly you fail, uh, that makes your life real fucking shitty. So you just knock people down. Uh, 
Yes, yes. Or or get them sucked into the floor <laughs> if I if if I succeed uh very, very high because I've just cracked the floor open basically. Okay, so so for the quick run through of the mechanics, um, because a lot of this is kind of shifting and changing, uh, who knows what will end up in the uh, final product. Just a quick thing is rolls are going to be more like 13th age inspired where you kind of like reason why you use a certain skill. That's kind of with everything in this game. I really wanted to keep in that spirit where it's very quick to pick up, but also puts you in the narrative a bit. Um, So rolls is just going to be a d20 plus your relevant modifier and you just need to reason why so this applies to attacks this applies to spells this applies to whatever like if you can figure out a way to i don't know make a you know melee attack but with your gumption which is your intellect stat and it's a good reason for it absolutely go for it it is uh this is a very collaborative game um and so it is going to be determined by whether your group mates agree with this Combat is similar to what D&D is. We can explain that as we go. Um, And then the other kind of big difference is there's also a a defend reaction. um, And you can also get knocked out and die in this game. Um, So the actual like gameplay part of this game is there's basically a table of encounters. You roll 3d6 since there's three of us. We're going to each roll 1d6 and add it all up. And then you're going to pick the result from the table. So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type thing. And for the purposes of this game, when you make it through three rooms, you get to the Vermin Lord uh, boss encounter. And there's also going to be some effects if you fail really bad or you do really well. And we can kind of go through that as we as we play. The way I imagine it is um, because it's kind of GM, it's meant to facilitate GMless play. One of us will sort of quote unquote take control of a room and roll for the enemies and maybe even role play them a little bit um, while also controlling our own characters. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll see if that's like a really, really bad plan. Uh, uh, thank you for listening to this jank <laughs> of my unfinished <laughs> game at the moment. Um, so yeah, I guess who wants to go first? I guess I can go first. Okay, sure. So we'll each roll 1d6, right? It's your game. You tell me, but yes. <laughs> well, it's supposed to It's a collaborative. It's, We're yes, all that's working true. together. I got a three. I got a two. I rolled a five. All right. So then that brings us to 10. So that means that we are at the colors and shapes room for our first encounter. So I'll go ahead and read here and then I'll play the NPCs, which in this scenario is just like the room. Spoiler alert. The next room you come across is a stark change from the gloomy tunnels. You're almost blinded by the colorful lights blinking on nearly every inch of the walls, and an aggressively cheerful fanfare plays as you step in. A spotlight shines down on a glass case in the middle of the room, and as your eyes adjust to the visual cacophony you see, the glass case is holding a sword. A real, honest-to-goodness sword, made out of metal and everything. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> uh... Unfortunately, there's some kind of lock on the case, with a panel and a big red button labeled BEGIN. What kind of trial stands between you and the actual sword? When you press the button, the room goes dark, and the panel flickers to life and displays a message. Roll 1d3. Who yeah. wants to do that? Um, I think Zen. I want to roll a 1d3. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Give okay. me the sword. I got a two. So the panel flickers to life and displays a message. Decipher the light-up clues in the room. Then give me the answer in the form of a tune. 
Rill would just be like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's like their dream. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, are your guys's, is, are Zen and Linda just like perfectly normal? And they're just like, yeah, this is just like another thing. I think so, <laughs> well, because it's this... your dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, Rill's just like, uh, is this like normal behavior? Like, wait, where are we? Linda has no idea. <laughs> Linda big strong now. Oh my god, Linda, you look so- Oh my god, can I- can you pick me up? Linda, pick up Rill! <laughs> and Linda gets a plus one advantage to lifting heavy things. Not a comment on Rill, but that's, like, heavier than, like, you know, 20 pounds or whatever. Do you want to roll for uh, that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, so you just gotta beat a 10 with whatever okay. stat you pick, which I'm assuming would be uh, spunk, right? Spunk, yeah, okay. yes. So, uh, I rolled an 18, and my spunk is a 7, and I get a plus, uh, plus advantage on that. Jesus. So, uh, so Linda, like, picks Rill and throws them up in the air like a baby, <laughs> and, um, catches them, and then just, like, like, holds them up triumphantly high. Like, uh, like oh. the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, like the Lion King. Linda Strong! <laughs> I think Zen, not to be outdone, is going to try and take Rill out of Linda's hands so that, uh, so that Zen can hold Rill. Uh, honestly, this is all very normal behavior. I don't see anything wrong with this. <laughs> I, I'm gonna do a spunk check for that. Okay. Alright, I got a 14 plus my spunk, which is 7, so a 21. So do you- I guess that, uh, Linda, what did you roll that first time? I rolled an 18 plus 7. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I guess you should roll contested for that, right? If 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 Zen is trying to steal Rill away from you, okay. So you got a twenty-five, and then Zen got a twenty. What twenty-one? I, I mean, it seems like how do you guys resolve this then? <laughs> um, I think I think Linda is going to begrudgingly give give Rill up, but only because Zen is her friend. Okay, and um, <laughs> Zen is now giving Rill a piggyback ride. This is amazing. This is truly like. The one thing I wanted for the holidays. Uh, this seems legit. Onward, my noble steed. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. What What happens? Um... So we get into the sword room, and sorry, Rail, you're going to get like shrugged off of Zen's shoulders because Zen's attention has been taken by the sword in the case. Uh, honestly, I also expected that, uh, and that that's that's perfectly fine. <laughs> and so. So, you know, Zen presses the buttons and gets the light-up message. Something about solving a puzzle. And I think what Zen is going to do instead of that is, like, try and beat on the glass case with her um, sock full of coins. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so go ahead. um, Go ahead. Is there... uh, No, that's right. You're, uh, You're, like background is that you're a streamer so is there a particular reason you should have like advantage on your check of beating the shit out of a glass case with coins no okay then go ahead and roll i'll go ahead and set a difficulty for that okay i rolled a four and i guess plus um i guess plus seven that i i would say that is spunk um so that's an 11 okay so uh maybe you like uh like leave a mark on the case like a little spider webbing but that glass is very thick so no dice so okay so what is the message that because it's supposed to be a clue that plays right yes 
So the message that it comes up with is decipher the light up clues in the room, then give me the answer in the form of a tune. And then what happens after that is that four shapes light up on the wall, a purple square, a green heptagon, a red triangle, and a gold square. Um, the panel flips to display a piano keyboard. Uh, I, I'm fucking lost. See, this is unfortunate because Rill is smarter than I am. Okay, so decipher the light up clues. I'm still just smacking on the glass with my sock. <laughs> Rill is just staring at the room and being like, um, oh my god, I usually read like a video game guide when I get stuck. Linda's taking a backseat on this one since I'm the one who wrote uh, this puzzle. So uh, this would not be a problem if you were playing this at home, dear listeners. But, uh, <laughs> but in this case, uh, in this case, I'm taking a backseat. Could I roll like a gumption to see to like get a little clue? Because <laughs> Rill is smart-ish, so I feel like they would know more sure. than I would. Okay, I don't even I can't even tell which one's my D twenty. I would absolutely not know these shapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, so <laughs> I got a two plus an eight, so I got a ten. <laughs> okay, so um, so then do you are you like looking around for a clue or? Describe what you're doing. Paint me a word picture. Um, all right. So Rill is going to kind of go up to each shape and kind of examine it, um, see if there's any indents or anything like that. And then they are also going to go to the case itself to see if there's any kind of plaque or something like that, as Zen is like beating the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so as you are walking around examining um, the shapes, you notice that um, occasionally they will flicker back to like a neutral color, like white or gray. Are they doing that in an order? No. Um, hmm. Okay. If I had to guess, I would say the like number of sides of the shapes probably has something to do with something. Okay. Because why else would you use a heptagon? What is it? It's find out the clue and sing it to a tune? It's, um, decipher the light-up clues in the room, then give me the answer in the form of a tune. And the panel is now a piano keyboard. Oh, I see. I don't know music notes. Uh-oh. So one's... F- okay, four, seven, three, four. Zen, have you ever played an instrument? My parents try to make me, but, um, I did not go through with any of it. So. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Uh, Linda, do you know anything about keyboards? Oh boy. I'm trying to decide how much of a hint I can give you. I feel like you could just roll and see if Linda would know anything. Like, if you succeed, then yeah. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, so Linda's gumption is 7, and I rolled a 15. Oh my god. Oh damn, okay. So yes, Linda does know something about keyboards, and it's that keyboards start at C. I don't care about letters. I don't care about numbers. <laughs> Okay, and C is also the third note on the scale. Okay, well, third note is three, so that would be a triangle, right? So so then we need four, seven, three, four. Okay, so yeah, can we, uh, we'll hit the notes in that order. So you type in those notes in that order, and you hear the fanfare play again, and the case opens. <gasps> oh, give me- So now you have to decide who gets the actual sword, which is a 1d8 damage. I get the actual sword. Yeah, I think that's, that's for Zen for real. <laughs> then, uh, success! Woo! You've solved the room! Alright. Alright, so now we once more roll again on the table. Um, basically, the outline of the sort of labyrinthine maze is that you cannot go backwards, you can only go forwards. Uh, so 
if we tried to, the door would be locked and jammed and whatnot. Um, so yeah, let's roll one one more time. So I can go next if you guys want. Okay. Sure. Okay. I got a five. I got a four. And I got a six. Fifteen. Oh God. Okay. The name of this room is Shh, be very, very quiet. As soon as you enter the room, your eyes are drawn towards the massive lump that takes up the entire center space. A gigantic sleeping creature, plump and covered in scales with ragged patches of fur stick out. Four paws with claws that run the length of an average humanoid's forearm. Drool runs out of its gaping maw, and it's wearing big blue mouse ears. Before you can contemplate its uh, cosplay, it twitches awake, and its glowing beady eyes pinpoint you immediately. You get the uh, dreaded sense that you're fucked. Uh, (laughs) But we're going to roll 1d3 to see what flavor of fucked we are. So who wants to roll that 1d3? I will roll it this time. That would be a 2. All right. So uh, basically for each of these scenarios... Um, we roll 3d6, and then we also have uh, a 1d3, and there are three different branching paths that are on these scenarios, except for the final boss. Um, so for the second scenario for this room, it is a mega land shark rat with uh, with mouse ears, um, and the cave is crumbling in this scenario because it's kind of dancing around because it's mad, but also because it loves Tomash. Um, and this thing wants to eat you. So now we're going to roll initiative. So for initiative, um, as I mentioned, you roll 1d20 plus the applicable stat. So what do you, what are you guys going to roll with? And I guess, what is your reasoning for it? You don't have to get super creative if it's just like spunk because you're moving fast and that's absolutely fine. Um, but just for reasoning purposes, I guess, like to demonstrate, well, what do you guys roll and what are your roll results? I um, am going to go ahead and roll Spunk, since I have decided that that is Linda's, like, ruling stat for this particular scenario. And so, um, yeah, she's just, like, she's ready to lift everything, and she's pumped about it. Um, so I rolled a 12, and then my Spunk is a 7. So uh, so that is a 19. I'm also rolling Spunk, because Zen is always ready to smash. And I rolled a 5, to which I add 7, so that's a 12. <laughs> okay. Real, I think, I think they're kind of terrified, and I feel like, let me think here, uh, would they, I guess they're kind of squirrely, but I want to say they want to, they would try to be more intellectual about this. I think in, in their mind, when they approach this room and they see this big monster, scary monster, they're like actually scanning the room to sort of see if there's any advantageous, advantageous points. Um, so that's, uh, gumption. So I'll roll d20. Uh, I got a 3 plus 8, um, so that is an 11 for real. And then for the uh, Shrat, which is a shark rat, um, it is also going to roll. And it's just a big big old monster, so it's just going to roll its spunk. Uh, and I, it's a good thing I'm rolling like shit, I guess. Um, but there we go. Okay, so, uh, Linda, you go first. It's, like, this big, chunky, like, uh, not quite, it's not a lizard, it's more like of a scaly, tattered, tattered fur, like, 
a lumpy big guy with uh, claws and stuff like that, and it's wearing big blue mouse ears, and it looks very hungry. It's like licking its lips in its giant, like, maw. <laughs> okay. So I think I'm just going to smack that thing with my safety restraint. Okay, go for it. All right, so I just go ahead and roll my 1d4 to see what damage I do to it, right? You have to roll to attack to see if you hit it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to use my spunk because I'm just swinging it real hard. Mm -hmm. So I rolled a 12 plus my 7, which is a 19. Okay. Yep, you hit it. It is uh, very scaly and tough. Um, So it... Who's to say how much damage it actually takes, but you are, like, big and buff, and so you're able to hit it with enough force that it actually feels it. Uh, So go ahead and roll your damage. All right. My damage on my 1d4 is a 4. Nice. So uh, Linda is uh, fearless in this form. Um, She might be smart, but she's also much stronger than she typically is. so. Um, So she walks as close to that thing as she, like, comfortably can. And um, she's always heard the thing that if you punch a shark in the nose, it really hates it. Um, I do not think that this is actual safety advice, so do not try this at home. But um, she winds up as far as possible as she can with her safety restraint bar and smacks that thing right in the middle of its shrat nose. You fucking boop its snooter. Um, And it kind of goes like, and its nose uh, flattens a bit, which like, it already kind of has a flat nose. It's kind of a little, a little pokey, but with like nostrils. Um, and it wrinkles its nose at you, and it is not very happy at all. Um, so it takes four damage. Um, Only and, a shit ton more to go. Yeah. Yep. So now it is the Shrat's turn, uh, and the Shrat is going to uh, use its action. Um, each kind of attack turn, you have your action. Uh, your uh, movement, and then a reaction, similar to D&D. So this action, uh, instead of like a regular attack, it's going to go for Moshrat, which is the name of its ability. It is going to start uh, uh, jumping up and down and pounding its front paws against the floor, and uh, it's dancing to like booming metal music that you notice (laughs) is blasting from these speakers against the wall, which are uh, very different from like kind of the joyous band music you heard in the entry room and the prior room with the puzzle. Um, so let's see here. All right. So every time the strat moshes, uh, I'm going to roll a d20 to see if crevices are formed, like if it cracks the earth or anything like that. And I don't, uh, roll, like I don't add anything to that because it's just, does the room break? Uh, I rolled a seven. Okay, so it looks like uh, some fractures are formed, so it's just like pounding the ground to this heavy music and just like this rhythmic pounding. It has very good uh, uh, beat. It's very good at keeping keeping beat. Um, and crevices kind of around its front paws start forming. Um, so the next mosh roll i get uh it gets advantage on and then the higher result is taken uh and then it is uh zen's turn okay um i'm gonna zen is going to try and use her poison her her poison magic you're gonna are you gonna bite it yeah i'm gonna bite it (laughs) kick its ass Zen. so for magic it's you just do make an attack roll right 
Uh, yes, yes. Whatever stat you want to do, which I'm guessing is spawn. Yes, it's 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 a it's a, a, a bite. So I guess okay. I have to bite as hard as I can to inject my venom. So I rolled an eighteen <laughs> plus seven. Okay. So oh damn! Holy yeah, shit. you hit, you hit for sure. Okay, so I am inflicting poison on the shrat. Okay, and so it takes one flat damage uh, each at the start of each round. Cool. Um, which I can't remember. I can always scroll up for the rules, but uh, I, I get to make them up as I go along because I wrote most of them. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say yes. It's that. It's one. So it's gonna start taking one. And after every two rounds, they start taking additional damage. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say take a point of damage from your bite as well. Cool. So it'll take damage from that as well. And then they, Right. Okay, so now uh, Rill is just, like, uncertain what to do. They're just, like, looking at uh, you guys, like, beating, like, biting this giant monster. That We both, like, jumped on this horrible thing. <laughs> yeah, just, like, smacking it with roller coaster restraints. I think... <laughs> Real is just like, oh god, fuck! I don't know what to do, and so they just run up, and then they just start whipping it with like a li- with the licorice rope. Um, so, <laughs> so they're gonna roll. I think I'm just gonna have to say that's a that's a spunk because it's just like how strong they're whipping it. Or you know what? Maybe uh, with gumption, they're trying to go for like the soft spots. Uh, wow, I'm I am rolling like dog shit. Uh, that's a one plus eight, so a nine. I do not hit, um, and it uh, so real runs up. They try to uh, whip this thing in one of its soft spot in between its scales and patches of fur, and it does nothing. It is literally just like a little, a, a little tiny like pack of Twizzlers, um, and it just goes like flop against the uh, <laughs> the, the, the Shrat. Um, so that does nothing, and Real's just like, mm, well, I, uh, I I tried my best, I guess. <laughs> So now it is back to the top of the order at Linda. All right. Linda then I think is just going to give it a smack again. Okay. Oh, wait. She can also do water damage. Oh, now I have to decide about spells. <laughs> okay. So I actually, I take that back. I want to go ahead and cast my water spell. Okay. How do you, uh, what are you aiming to do? Or I guess roll first. Um, yeah. Yes. So... I rolled a four plus my gumption is seven because Linda wants to freeze the water under it so it can't mosh this next turn. Okay, so since you're not attacking the monster proper, you're just aiming to freeze the floor. I, I'm going to say that does succeed. Yay! Um, so uh, read it one more time what the effect is for the freezing effect. The user may choose to freeze the water or leave it as a liquid. The affected area is slippery and any targets moving on the affected area must make a save. Upon failing, they slip and lose their next action. Okay, yeah, that's cool. So, since Linda has water magic, she is going to, um, like, spoot some water out of her mouth like a fountain. Oh, God. <laughs> because that's the funniest thing I can I can think of, of how to do water magic. Um, so she, like, like, spoots a bunch of water out over the cracks in the floor right underneath the shrat, and then, like, waves her hands dramatically, and it freezes the water and makes it super slippery like cartoon character slippery okay (laughs) yeah i love that all right and now it is the shrat's turn who is going to make a save to see if it falls over i totally designed this monster to fucking kill anyone unless they were like very prepared and i'm just gonna be really upset if it doesn't even do any damage to you guys (laughs) (laughs) 
they do save. Um, as you like freeze the floor beneath it, it, it kind of does like a cartoony like whoa, 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 like all of its paws kind of like clawing against the um, the, the ice water. But uh, it's a pretty hefty, hefty big boy, um, and it has giant claws, so it just like stamps down on the floor and like digs its claws in to uh, kind of like break the ice. Because um, I imagine you did not spit up enough ice to like make a like a very thick sheet. I guess. No. <laughs> uh, so it is... Uh, actually, it, it's just gonna do uh, a claw attack at Linda, because Linda is like beating it with a safety restraint and also spitting <laughs> at it, and it's not a big fan of that. So it is going to roll... Uh, yeah, I rolled like a, a 34. Does that hit you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so it like swipes over, and then it just like kind of paws at you with uh, with its claws, which does six damage, and then you just minus the armor. So how much armor do you have? Okay, I have three armor. Okay, so it only does three damage at you. Okay. Uh, what are you wearing That's... again? You're wearing a winter I'm coat. I'm wearing uh, a winter coat and pants. Okay, so I think it kind of uh, tries to, to swipe at you, and it uh, your winter coat is so puffy, it just like absorbs the, the claws. <laughs> And it is uh, uh, Zen's turn next. I'm going to swing at it with my sword. My actual sword. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, I rolled a 20. Holy, uh, like a natural 20? Yeah, natural 20. Okay, uh, yeah, for now, I honestly don't know why I never considered crit rolls. Uh, let's just do, what is more fun, rolling twice and adding it together or rolling once and doubling damage? Up to you. I like rolling twice. Yeah, let's roll twice. Um, and you can add your attack modifier as well to the damage. Oh, well, that's going to be a lot. Okay. Okay, so four, two, so that's six damage plus seven. So 13 okay. damage. Thir- 13? Okay. After after extracting her, her teeth from the <laughs> uh, Shrat, Zen will get her footing on the broken up icy ground and then grab her sword and just like swing it into this shrat probably trying to find a um less scaly and more fluffy part of the creature yeah you probably found like the softest patch of fur on this monster that uh is possible and you just like cut into it and it just goes like (laughs) which sounds like a man screaming so maybe not like that uh and then it is it is real's turn uh real is so i think they're going to also uh, try to hit the monster with Lagrish again, and this time they are just swinging wildly. So I'm going to use I'm going to use Spunk because this because I imagine uh, the imagery of of Rill in this like touristy um, amusement park outfit, just like running up to this monster and just like whipping a, a rope of Lagrish around. It's just like very funny to me. <laughs> uh, Sixteen plus five, so awesome. So I hit. And I do three damage, so I think Rill just runs up and is like, Argh! and then like uh, just manages it to like uh, smack it in the eyeball um, and does three damage. Okay, so top of the round again. It loses one HP from poison, and it is your turn again, Linda. All right, so it's having a rough time. So Linda's gonna give it another smack right where Zen stabbed it with a sword. So that, again, I'm going to roll my d20. I rolled a, a nat 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, double damage and add your modifier to the damage. Holy shit. So then I rolled a 2 
plus four is a six, plus my spunk is seven. So that is 13 damage. Okay, you guys are killing my monster, and I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to look at these crit rolls again. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you got, do you guys, do you just, like, start beating on its soft spot again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I just come up and start wailing on it again. Okay, yep. Uh, and it, once again, it just, like, is making very disgruntled noises. It, it, like, feels queasy. It wants to eat you. These little people are just, like, uh, beating the shit out of it with a fucking sword and biting it and, and hitting it with roller coaster restraints. Uh, it just wants to dance to metal music. Um, and so it is going to uh would you say zen and linda are like standing next to each other yes yeah i think so you'd have to be right yeah okay so it's gonna use yeah. its burrow attack so uh fed up with kind of it, it being bullied it like dives deep into the dirt um and then it i guess it's kind of awkward but it would like swim around just to get like a good uh angle to like jump up and eat you guys <laughs> um and so you both have to roll to dodge out of the way. DC is going to be like a 15. So I rolled a 14. Um, and I'm going to use gumption of trying to like predict where it's going to be. So that's going to be 21. Yep, you definitely dodge out of the way. Uh, it, it definitely telegraphs its movements a bit because it's just a big burrowing tunnel thing. Uh, you can see the dirt moving around. Uh, what about you, Zen? I rolled a 2. Oh no! Oh no! A, a two plus what? Um, plus seven for my spunk. So that's a nine. So all right. So a fifteen minus nine. So it is okay. So uh, on a failure, you uh kind of aren't able to dodge out as artfully as Linda has. Um, uh, so because of the shaking ground as it like uh jumps up to try to uh eat you, it does miss because it, it's like one eye kind of hurts a little bit because because real uh stabbed it. In the, in the face with a Twizzler. Um, but it does knock you over because of the heavy movement. And you do take uh, two damage. Okay. Alright. Um, uh, let's see here. So it is Rill's turn. Um, well, I think it's my turn now. Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yes, yes. But I have to Zen's use my turn. entire movement to stand back up. Yes. Oh, but that's just uh, my I mean, you could, you, you could throw a you could throw coins at it. <laughs> well, but but that's just my movement, though. I can stand up, but then I can just start hitting it again, right? Uh, yes. Okay. You could, yeah. All right. Okay, I rolled an 11 plus 7, so that's 18. Uh, yep, that hits it. Okay. And I rolled a 3 for damage. You retaliate as it tries to eat you by uh, once again smacking on the uh, in the face with your sword, and it just doesn't like that. Um, and now it is Rill's turn. I'm gonna feed you, one of you a licorice rope. Th do any of you want to be fed a licorice rope? <laughs> I've taken three damage so far, so I'm at fourteen. And I've only taken two damage. Okay, so uh, with food. The food tag on these items, you can eat them, and then you can roll to see how much HP you regain, uh, if any. So I'm just going to use my action to feed uh, Linda a licorice rope. I'm going to feed my big buff buddy here to, to keep her upright. <laughs> um, I rolled a two on the chart I have here. A two is, uh, I that was a stale licorice rope, um, and you, gain, you regain one HP, Linda, um, but now... Uh, all I have is, is like 
uh, uh, old dusty swizzle rope that I can no longer use as a weapon. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, but I, I, I'll keep it in my back pocket just in case. <laughs> uh, and it is uh, Linda's turn. And the Mega Land Shark takes another one damage. Well, it should be two damage now, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Stacks. Oh, wow. You guys are super killing it. I should have made this harder. <laughs> All right, your turn, Linda. All right. So I'm just going to I'm gonna smack it again. I rolled a 17 plus my uh, spunk, which is a 7. Yep, that hits. All right. And so then I'm going to roll my 1d4, and I rolled a 3. All right. Um, so this is the Mega Land Shark Rat's turn again. Um, and it is... Um, I think it's going to try to do another mosh pit. And because the cracks formed from its previous turn, it does get advantage. Alright, um, so yeah, okay, so no, 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 uh, uh, cracks are taken. Um, and it is now Zen's turn again. Okay, well, I'm attacking again. Mm-hmm. I rolled a three plus seven, so that's a ten. Uh, that does not hit. Okay. Um, and it is... It is Rill's turn. I don't... <laughs> Rill can't do anything because they no longer have a weapon. Um, and there's like, uh, you know what? This this honestly makes the most sense. <laughs> this seems fitting, too. Uh, they can't do anything. I guess they, like... <laughs> Rill, why did you eat your weapon? I, I didn't eat my weapon. I gave it to Linda to eat. Linda ate. <laughs> Rill, why did you feed Linda your weapon? Delicious. Because uh, uh, she needed... Mm. She needed to be healed, and licorice is good for you. My pants are full of candy. Oh. Okay, well, I I didn't think that through. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, they're, maybe they're just gonna, I think they're just gonna run up and try to uh, maybe distract the monster by, like, running up and just, like, punching it in the hand. Um, which won't do any damage. Uh, I think I'm just gonna roll a gumption to see if I am able to actually fool it into, like, hurting me, I guess. <laughs> yes. it. Uh, the Mega Land Rat Shark looks at Rill, um, this this little person in a ridiculous outfit, just punching it in the hand, and it is like, who, who the fuck is this? And now its attention is on, is on Rill. Uh, back to the top of the round, and this thing is almost dead. Alright. I, um, I'm just going to swing at it again. I'm having good luck with that. So I rolled a 17 plus 7, so that's a 24. And then my uh, safety restraint roll, my 1d4, is a 4. Okay, how do you kill this thing, Linda? Oh boy. Uh, I think what Linda's going to do, since she rolled really, really good, is she is going to, now that it's distracted by Rill... She's going to try and, like, wedge the safety restraint under it so she can flip it like a pancake <laughs> and okay. just, like, slam it against the wall. All right. Uh, you do exactly that. It is surprised by, like, how strong you are. Um, it is, like, bleeding. It's, it's got poison in its system. Um, it is not very happy. There's, a, there's, like, its eye hurts. And you just, just like you said, you flip it like a pancake. You throw it against the wall and it crashes against it. And it falls over, uh, possibly dead? Who knows? And it is not moving. And the doorway behind it is now unblocked. Yay. 
uh, wow, Linda, you're, uh, mm, I've never seen you do that before. High I feel five! Like that's usually a zen move. But high maybe. five! <laughs> uh, real will high five Linda. Uh, Linda also wants a high five from Zen, please. Zen will happily high five Linda. <laughs> I've never felt closer to you. <laughs> uh, so usually uh, it would be more rooms um, in the final product. We will, uh, there'll be a lot more rooms and you can kind of choose and decide which rooms you want, how many rooms you want to succeed in before you, you know, get to the final boss. Uh, we're running a little bit short on time. This took a lot longer than uh, I thought it would. So we're just going to go ahead and skip to the final boss, which I think I will also uh, delegate just because, you know, I wrote the rules. So you guys enter the final room. And when you enter it, this is a big grand room. Unlike the others prior, the walls and ceilings stand high. Uh, there's an ornate chandelier shining brightly uh, in the center, and alongside the back walls are 4K screens that display video feeds of familiar rooms. Um, behind the standing table that is at the center is a humanoid figure uh, that is near 10 feet tall, and it's like everything in this room was scaled up just to fit this person. Uh, they're dressed in a pristine white suit, white gloves, white dress shoes, and upon their face is a smiling mouse mask. Ugh. Around the room are small vermin folk just like scurrying around. Some have ties, others have little business shoes on or clipboards and glasses. Um, and uh, who wants to roll 1d6 to see how many vermin folk are in the room? I want to roll 1d6. Okay, go for it. There's one. Okay, there's Yay! one. <laughs> there's one little secretary vermin folk. Uh, they're wearing glasses. They got business shoes on. They just look so frazzled, and they uh, they have so much on their plate. They are very understaffed. Yeah, they're so overworked. Um, and then behind the uh, the vermin lord CEO is a golden vault door. So uh, I guess before we start, do you guys say anything to this person? Ah, uh, well, we're here to kill them, right? That was the deal. <laughs> Let us smash. That was on the waiver I we mean, signed. Yeah, I guess technically yeah. it was. Uh, I don't know if kill was actually stipulated in it, but it might have been. Um, the uh, vermin lord CEO looks at you guys and is like, "Ah, yes. Uh, I don't believe you have an appointment. Um, could you please speak with my secretary and?" Uh, I'll get to you when I can. Well, uh, we'll scribble you in. How's that sound? No, smash now. You don't look like you're busy. Oh, I'm very busy. And they just proceed to stare at the screens behind them. <laughs> so I guess roll for initiative? <laughs> yeah. I rolled a one. <laughs> oh no. I rolled a ten plus my spunk, which is a 17 total. Yeah, so I guess total I roll an eight. Man, normally I feel like you're like top of the initiative order. So apparently you rolled completely normal Zen, except she's always slightly behind schedule. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let me roll for real first. I am also going to say they'll use gumption for this just because, once again, they're trying to scope the room and see any advantage points there are. Uh, wow, this dice sucks. I rolled like a one, a one, and a two on this dice. <laughs> oh my god. So I got a 10 for real. And then for. The CEO. Okay, uh, so the CEO does uh, go first, and this guy actually has a, a different mechanic. They aren't going to attack you directly and hit your happy points. Um, what they're 
gonna try to do is sort of woo you to their side, uh, and you'll see how this plays out. Um, but they do go first, they roll very high, um, and so they're gonna use their action. You're an important part of this team, and so they are going to... They're gonna look at Linda, because they're a rude person who stereotypes, and because they think that uh, Linda is maybe not the smartest, and they're just gonna look at you and be like, you know what, you you look like you are a self-starter, and that you want to get ahead in life, and you know, I could really use someone like you uh, on my team. Um, and so they're gonna roll a charm roll, and you make a contested roll to defend. So I think Linda's gonna use her gumption and try and see through this nonsense. Okay. So Linda rolled a 17 and her gumption is 7. Okay, so you got a 24? Yes. Okay, well, uh, the CEO crit. (laughs) Oh no! Uh, So they rolled a 30. So you do fail because it's going to be the discrepancy because there's a discrepancy 6. So it's not a massive fail at least. Um, So you take 1 damage to the stat that you contested with, which was your gumption you said? Uh Uh-huh. So you take... You lose one gumption, basically. Um, Okay. And and your next attack is made with disadvantage. Um, And that is sort of the mechanic I was speaking of. Instead of hitting your health points, they are just going to hit your stats. Once a stat hits zero, you will basically be hired by them, and you lose control of your character. So now is Linda's turn. Okay. Ooh, I have a question. Yes. Can Linda try and charm the secretary to fight for us? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so Linda in this form is not her most charming as compared to her uh, human form where she is less beefy but more charming. But Mm -hmm. she still has five charm. And you have a bra. And I have a bra. Well, that's... (laughs) I guess it's seduction, but it's not this kind of seduction. <laughs> All right, you know what? I take it back. I'm I'm going to try this. So Linda's going to unzip her winter coat and look oh over God. at the rat secretary uh, and say, <laughs> Join us! We are sexy! <laughs> the rat secretary has not seen flesh in a very long time, at least not in that way. Um, uh, so I'm going to say this is going to be like a contested roll-off. So what uh, stat are you rolling to charm them? Charm charm okay i guess they're gonna use a gumption to try to resist so i do get a, a plus one because i have my bra on my okay. s- my seasonal bra okay sounds good so okay so i rolled a 15 my charm is five and then my advantage is one so 21 total well it's our not advantage um there's a plus one to checks that oh, okay like a plus. sexiness okay yes uh okay well they got an eight so they see you, and they just drop the stack of papers they had on their side, or that they were carrying. Uh, and as soon as you just say sexy, like, they see that this, is, this beautiful buff woman uh, with a super fashionable, beautiful Christmas or holiday bra. I don't know if they have Christmas in this world. And they uh, are just enchanted by you immediately. Um, and so they just kind of, like, side-eye the CEO, who is kind of, like, staring at them with this, like, blank-faced, ma- smiling mask, can't see their eyes. Um, and then they look at you, and they just, like, very slowly just, like, <laughs> edge towards you. Um, and I'll say the, the vermin folk, uh, business fr- vermin folk person, uh, they are, they act on your turn. So you can control them now. All right. Or rather, Linda can give them commands. Okay. Linda, uh, demands a high five again. <laughs> okay. And uh, hopefully yeah, they, high fives them. They, they give you a, they give you a high five. <laughs> They're very excited. All right. So it is Ryl's turn. 
Rail lost their weapon. Um, so what they're going to do is... You know what? They're going to try to use their earth magic. Uh, so they are going to use, I guess, their gumption. That makes the most sense. And okay, so I have to roll for... Well, actually, why don't you one of you roll for the CEO to uh, avoid the damage, I guess. Okay, just a d20. Yeah, it's a d20 plus whichever stat you think they'd use to avoid damage. Oh, Spunk would be like dexterity and stuff, right? Yes. All right, so I rolled an 11. Okay, uh, so 11 plus 4, so they got a 15. Uh, Rill got a 4 plus 8, a 12, so they failed. Uh, and so what all that happens is they, uh, basically the ground shakes a little, and maybe there's like a little bit of a split in the, in the immaculate tile flooring now, but, uh, the carpet covered it. But the CEO is very upset that, that Rill put a crack in their beautiful floor, and now their attention is focused on, on Rill. <laughs> so, uh, it is, uh, now Zen's turn. Well, um... I think first what Zen is going to do is give Rill her sock full of coins. Uh, are you sure? Like, this seems really important to you. Friendship ended with sock full of coins. Actual sword <laughs> is my new best friend. Oh, right. Wait, I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> I just like to imagine Rill said that, like, as you run forward to, like... Zen just, like, stops, like, freezes in place for, like, three whole seconds and is like, Right. And then <laughs> <laughs> oh Rill is not sure how to take this. Uh, they just stare at the sock full of coins and then at the sword, and they're just like, hmm. <laughs> Linda goes up to Rill and gives them a uh, too hard pat on the shoulder and says, It okay. I best. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Linda. So, thank you, Buff. Buff Christmas, Linda. So, is, is, <laughs> is handing off an item, does that count as an action, or can I still attack? Um, I will say that is an. Action. Yeah, I guess that's probably an action like when you gave Linda the licorice. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably my turn. Um, so now it is back to the CEO's turn. Okay, so instead this time they're going to look at Rill because their attention is focused on Rill. Uh, they see how how Zen has kind of demoralized Rill a little bit. Oh. And, they're gonna <laughs> and they're going to be like, friendship is fickle, but you know what's forever? Business. <laughs> and money. And your contract with me you are gonna be so important with the work that i assign to you um and so they're gonna roll charm to sort of charm real here i don't want to like roll for myself <laughs> so you guys roll for the ceo <laughs> go for it Dorothy. all right i rolled a 13 uh real will use gumption oh and they got a 20 and they just look at the ceo and they're just like that's not true money sucks and i love socialism and so they are able to see through the uh ceo smooth talk and they gain advantage next time the ceo attempts an action on on them uh so now it is linda's turn okay so um i am going to go up and Smack the CEO and then ask the secretary to smack the CEO. Okay, go for it. Uh, so I am going to go ahead and roll with my spunk. So that's a 14 plus 7. That's a 21. That hits. And um, I'm going to do my 1d4. Okay. That's a 2. And then the secretary can do 1 damage, right? Yeah, you have to roll for them, though. So then they rolled a 12 plus their spunk is a 3. That's a 15. Okay, so the... CEO takes another one damage. 
All right. All right. Okay. Uh, they are. Oh no! Wait, hold on. I roll on disadvantage this turn, don't I? Uh, yes, because you had failed the okay. uh, the teamwork <laughs> check. Oh boy, the other die I rolled for my attack was five, so I guess I got a five plus seven. So twelve. So you miss. The secretary does one damage. I do no damage. Okay. Um. So they see you running over. Uh, about to swing at their face with a uh, roller coaster safety restraint, and they artfully step aside, and they're just like, you know what, that isn't very safe. Uh, that is not up to OSHA protocols. Um, and then, as they're distracted by you trying to swing at their face, the secretary goes up and like gives them a little paper cut on a finger. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it is Rill's turn now, and they're gonna uh, throw a coin at the CEO. I feel like throwing money at a CEO is the worst possible thing you could do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, uh, eight plus eight plus eight is 16. Or no, sorry, I use spunk. So five plus eight is 13. So real misses. Um, I'm going to say the CEO like catches the coin like easily like they love being thrown money it's one of their hobbies they practice throwing money at themselves uh and now they have another token and they are they are bolstered so good job real <laughs> uh and now is zen's turn it is time for sword <laughs> so running at the ceo rolling an attack seven plus seven so 14 i'm gonna say meets meets beats like dandy rules yeah it makes sense and now my damage. Six. Uh, so the CEO looks at Zen and is just like, well, what is it that, that you want? I can I can offer you, you know, anything, honestly. Like, I'm in charge here and you look like you have uh, a lot of goals, a, lot of, a five-year plan that I can help you accomplish. I mean, my, my next goal is to separate your head from your body. Okay, well, you know what? I understand. All businesses will stagnate unless, you know, leaders get cycled through. I could really, uh, you know, uh, teach you to, you know, mentor you so that you can be the the next CEO of of these tunnels. Oh, no. That's exactly what I don't want. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say you're going to roll your contested roll to defend with advantage, since that isn't what you want at all. (laughs) And I'll roll, uh, you know, they will still roll uh, gumption. Because they think they're being very, like, uh, smart about this. And they just don't know who you are at all. (laughs) Uh, They got a 13 plus 8, a 21. I got an 11 and an 8. So an 11 plus... What do you think I'm adding to that? Gumption, probably? Yeah, if you think that that's what makes sense. So 14. So you do not not save on that. You're just kind of like, well, you know... Tunnels aren't as intimidating as, like, an entire kingdom, and <laughs> it doesn't look like this person really has that many responsibilities, um, and you, it, it seems like they get you get to cut off their head at the end of this process. Yeah, actually, that sounds starting to, starting to sound more appealing. Yeah, so you take uh, one damage to the stat that you contested with, so you lose one gumption, um, and then uh, your next movement is, is halved, and... They actually uh, move away from you guys um, to make themselves a coffee because you guys stole their secretary. Uh, so they have to do it themselves. <laughs> I'm surprised they know how. <laughs> Linda, it is your turn. Yeah, I'm just going to try and smack him while he's making himself a coffee. Maybe he'll spill water all over himself. 
maybe you can like manipulate the coffee water and like burn their clothes or stain oh, their clothes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me do that since I have magic. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna cast with my gumption to do my water magic. So I rolled a 12 plus six is an 18. Yep, that hits. Okay, and then my water does 1d4 damage. Okay. I think just throwing regular water at him would probably not work, so we'll <laughs> go ahead and just say hot water, because okay. that's just how it works. I rolled I rolled a one. Okay. So uh you roll a one, but like this coffee flies out of the coffee machine, and instead of hitting this person uh, you know, where they have exposed skin, because you can't really see any, uh, it, it um, goes on their suit instead, their white suit, and now the f- entire no. front of their white suit is stained with coffee, and they do take one damage from that. Just one psychic damage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thinking about the dry cleaning bill. <laughs> and they just look at you, Linda. They just drop the coffee cup, coffee mug that was in their hands, and they are very upset with you. You took their secretary, and also you stained their beautiful suit. Um, and they are—they are going to—they're uh, going to do something with you. I don't know yet. <laughs> are you uh, going to do anything with the secretary? Yes, okay. I want them to go ahead and do another. Paper okay, cut. go ahead and roll for them. They rolled a three. Yeah, that's not going to do anything no matter what. <laughs> okay, uh, so they try to go forward to uh, cut them with the, the, give them a paper cut. Um, but, you know, as uh, they time it with the kind of coffee distraction, the coffee bounces or splashes onto the paper and wilts it. Um, and they the paper is just soft and uh, cuts, cuts nothing. Yeah, they just look at you like, um... <laughs> Once again, Rill is going to throw money at this person again. They're like, you know what? Uh, I've played games at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I, I, I got this. Uh, and you do! It's a 16 plus a 5, so that hits. And it's just a 1d4, I believe. Um, and they do 3 damage. So to kind of put uh, more pain upon the uh, ruined coffee-stained uh, suit, they go right for that place again, and they like throw the coin to cut the front of the the suit open and it is just it's just ruined <laughs> and and the ceo is very upset um and it's your turn zen okay he moved away from us my movement is halved can i still make it to him oh how much movement do you have it's your spunk divided by two times ten in feet spunk divided by two so three and a half times ten so 35 and then half of that i'm gonna say yeah, you can get you can get to him. the coffee machine's not that far away. <laughs> Zen is just kind of like recovering from this last this last assault, and she's just like, "How dare you offer me responsibility?" <laughs> <laughs> and she bites him. Okay, and this is my magic attack. Yeah, go for it. All right, thirteen plus seven, so that's twenty. That hits. Cool. So they take one damage, and they are poisoned. Yeah. Okay, top of the round, they take the damage, the poison damage, um, and they they look at you once more, Zen, and they're just like, you know what? You really are a go-getter. I need someone no. with with spirit like you do. I need someone with teeth, you know? Like, <laughs> all these other uh, associates, these employees, they don't, they don't know how to get what they really want, but you... You sure do, and I respect that. Um, so they're gonna roll. Uh, yeah, I'll roll charm, and then you roll to defend. Um, I rolled a sixteen, so that would be an eighteen total. Well, they rolled a twenty-seven. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> so they, uh, man, I wish it was a massive fail for you, but it's not. 
you take one damage to the stat you contested with, and your next attack is made with disadvantage. Uh, and now's your turn, Linda. Yeah, I'm just gonna just do a hit and ask the, uh... Well, does the rat lady still have... Does the rat secretary still have paper at all? Um, they they can grab more paper. It's an office. Okay. They dropped the whole stack the other when you showed them your oh, bra. Oh, that's so. right. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, we're both gonna do an attack. Okay. So I rolled a 16. Okay. Plus spunk, which is 7. Okay, that hits. And then that does 1 damage. Okay. And they roll a three again. Okay. So that does not no damage from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um they in their frenzy uh pick up another piece of paper within reach, but this one is also a soggy piece of coffee paper, and it does nothing. They're just kind of swiping at the CEO's foot with like dirty dirty paper. <laughs> uh and then I guess Rill would once more throw another coin at them. Uh that is going to hit. They roll four damage. They, they hit this person uh, right in the ear, which is exactly where you don't want to get hit with a coin. So now, Zen's turn. Well, it's it's sword time again. You rolled disadvantage, though. Okay, so I got a 10 that time, and an 18 that time, so a 10. Uh, plus my spunk is 7, so 17. Yep, you hit. And that is 4 damage. Okay, how do you finish this person? My long-term goal as stated, was to separate his head from his body. <laughs> okay. And that is... I, I, I'm sticking to my goals, as he, you know, told me I should. You know, wise words. So Zen is just going to, like, swing her blade just in an arc in front of her and attempt to make that separation. So as you make the separation, you, you cut clean through them, and uh, the their head just falls to the floor and it's like really weird for a moment there because it's like the head drops on the floor and then the um the body is still like standing there uh but then it it also drops to the floor and the head made a weird like empty thunk um so they they fall forward onto uh the floor in like a heap of clothes and as you guys are kind of like looking at this heap of clothing it's kind of weird like the, there, there's weird lumps kind of in the clothing like this this is a very strangely shaped person but before I guess you can get too close uh, three vermin folk that are covered in diminished gold plating burst out of the pile and they run back into the tunnels to like escape oh no um, so he was three rats <laughs> in a suit yes <laughs> So yeah, there's a there's a key that was left behind. Uh, who wants to take the key? I want to give it to the secretary. Okay. Well, the key is the way out. But I mean, yeah, like. Well, <laughs> I then then I'm gonna take the key and unlock the door and then hand it back to the secretary. Okay. Congratulations, you're unemployed. <laughs> yeah. The secretary just looks it's- at the key and it's just like, now I'm the CEO. <laughs> as the door closes behind you as you guys exit. Um, and you... Linda is gonna shrug and just say, it probably okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, in front of you is just a short, dimly lit hallway, like at the end of a ride. You walk down it, and it leads you back to exactly where you started. Uh, you see Rat Daniel is still sitting at the podium, um, and he just greets you, and he's like, oh, hey, uh, you're alive, cool. If you want, you can ride again for 50% off. 
And that is all I have so far. So, <laughs> good job, guys! You beat my game.、Uh, I need to make a lot of adjustments. <laughs> I, I'm almost disappointed that we didn't die. I、uh, yeah, I am too. Me too, honestly. <laughs> I guess、uh, since we have been taking up a lot of time, what are what are kind of things?、Uh, just like really quick lightning round. What are things、uh, that you think that you liked and didn't like? I I love the randomness of it. Like I love、uh, just like randomly finding rooms, and I love the randomness of the equipment. It's a lot of fun and leads to some very goofy storytelling. I do feel like we were a little bit OP, which I wasn't honestly expecting. Just like looking over the rules, it's funny how things playtest. Yeah, <laughs> the flavor was incredible. Like, just there was a very distinct like brand, and that was very cool. But yeah, I think I think we were a little OP, and like with the sort of limited move and action pool we have, I think combat needs to go much quicker. Like only a couple of rounds at most. I feel like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I definitely need to scale down the numbers somehow,、um, and and probably give the enemies more actions actually, because there's a lot of things I wanted to do, and I just kept rolling like shit.、Um, and I also needed to, I need to streamline how the attacks work.、Uh, Dorka will have edited out the part where I just stared at my sheet for five minutes trying to figure out what the fuck I was trying to write. <laughs> <laughs>、um, but yeah, like yeah, I feel like giving giving en- enemies like two attack two actions per turn would、yeah. do a lot for that. Yeah, for sure. Like, like、yeah. the the Megaland Rat Shark should have been way way tougher.、Uh, they they should have been able to take like either two attacks or something like that.、Um, I really wanted them to like mosh pit the floor open and like kill you guys. Or you know what? Honestly, I should have put in some flavor in there for like how the metal music was like. It's really loud and distracting. Like there there's a lot of fine tuning that I need to work on. Or you guys can add as well. But yeah, I guess like how did you guys feel about the overall flow of the game?、Uh, barring Combat, like I, I kind of feel like I talked way too much. That was like really interesting to try to balance real and also be like the NPC.、Um, so I, I think I also need to streamline、uh, GMless play as well a little bit more. It was, it was fun both from like a player standpoint and from like a this is our first foray into design standpoint. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I guess listeners, like I said,、uh, this is something we're all kind of working on. It's in progress. Thank you very much for listening. If you, you know, have any suggestions or, or、uh, questions, definitely hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know what、uh, we or you know I could have improved on、um, in terms of design.、Uh, and yeah, thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and. Happy holidays! Yeah, and、uh, when we when we come back from the holidays, our next chapter, we're going to be playing Lancer. Which there was a little, there were there were a couple design and mechanical cues from Lancer in this, but we'll definitely have a chance to showcase Lancer much more extensively coming up. It's a sci-fi game. Uh, which means it's very crunchy, and、um, there's a lot of cool stuff about it, and I'm very excited to share it with y'all. Oh, and we'll have our first guest on the podcast.、Yes. Yay!、Absolutely. So look forward to that. And it's our first. I guess Monster of the Week was indie, but I feel like Lancer isn't as big as Monster of the Week.、Um, well, it's a lot.、So、new- it, it's newer, I think. Okay, that's true. Yeah. So technically, our second indie game, but、uh, a smaller game, which you know we're hoping to do more of that in the future, where we highlight smaller games and and play those because indie publishers and games rule. All right. Thank. Thank you guys again, and happy holidays, and possibly a happy new year. <laughs> well, I think this comes out on the thirtieth. So, um, oh, I hope your holidays were great. Okay, yeah, 
Happy belated holidays. Merry fantasy Christmas to all and to all a good fantasy Christmas night. Bye. 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 One time on Sword of Symphonies, our captain played an accordion number for a demon as a backing track to the story the demon was telling him. This one time on Sword of Symphonies, there was a rodeo rider on a giant eagle bird thing, and it was rad. She's going to take her jacket and try to put it over the bird's eyes, like create a blindfold. I would once again like to reiterate what could possibly go wrong. This one time on Sword of Symphonies, the crew dug up some buried treasure. No, look at this moss. It's attached to a shovel. <laughs> look, I love all three of you, but Tissa is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of Sword of Symphonies is the majesty of the spellcasting. Brilliant carnival. Starlight stars. Flying shark. Knife pain. <laughs> Fries bolt. So if you'd like seafaring adventure, a lot of game design talk, music written in-house, and a lot of whatever that was just now, join us every week on Sword of Symphonies. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Kite, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.